This is Joy. And this is Claire. Hello. And we are in a winter wonderland. I was texting you this morning. Yeah. That I was like, this is March's last like F-U. F-U. And we're not here for it. But you know what? Everyone out there that's had like snow constantly for the winter, we're glad we're not there. We just get very spoiled. And then like the places that are normally really cold and snowy, like on the East Coast, have not had any snow. In California, in the meantime, is have you seen some of those pictures of people with like hundreds and hundreds of inches of snow on their house Mm -hmm. where they're like walking through snow tunnels to get into their homes? Yeah, I've seen that too. And I'm like, you know what? It's as if we need more reminders that the world is burning. But um, let's not start on a bad note. But I do think (laughs) it's really funny and ironic And kind of cruel that Mother Nature chooses to have snow and like crazy weather when it's a Monday morning and everyone's like trying to commute. Like Scott Scott went on his first trip in a while this morning and he had to leave like an hour early because he's like, oh, this is going to be fun. And then he texted me. He's like, yeah, the roads were a nightmare. But And I bet the airport's a nightmare at the beginning of spring break. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. We had spring break last week. So we had like the inertia of everything and then the snow. And it was just like, I almost kept the kids home just because I didn't want to deal with it. I did not. They're at school. But woke up this morning, saw the snow. I was like, like, can we just not? Can we have an extra day? I'm ready for it to be spring. I normally love the snow. We went skiing over spring break. It was super fun. We were up in Steamboat. The kids did great. Then Brandon went down to Silverton, which is where I went heli skiing back in January because ever since I went heli skiing, he's been like, you know, jealous of my heli skiing prowess and has been trying to get down there. So they got 50 inches of snow last week. So he went down and it was like freezing cold and windy. And I think like actually not the best conditions, but he did it anyway and then came back and I was like, okay, we're done with like, then we, we had, we went to Steamboat from Saturday to Wednesday. And then on Saturday, that like, again, we had ski school at Eldora. So we've skied so much in the last week. And I'm ready to just put the skis away, be done with winter. Like we came down from the last ski school on Saturday. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. Thank you. I am ready for spring. I can start now. And I'm ready. Spring break is over. I mean, when I was a kid growing up here, it was very common to still be getting heavy snow over spring break. Like I remember one year there was so much snow that we ended up having a two week long spring break because the entire week before school was canceled because of all the snow. Was that the storm of 2002 or 2000? I think it was 2003. The only reason I remember it is because I, (laughs) I was grad, that was the year I was graduating grad school and my brother, no, I think it was Okay, it was my brother's like wing ceremony. So he got his wings and it's a really big deal. It's a really big party. And so I flew out in March 2003. I will never forget. Like I was still pretty green as far as Colorado weather goes being an Arizona girl. I've told everyone the story about how like I drove a rear wheel drive pickup truck. I didn't really understand how to do like windshield wiper fluid and like how to make it not freeze. Like Arizona through and through. Anyway, so... I remember vaguely, but also very vividly, my roommate driving me to the airport and they were, part of me is like, how did I even survive? Like I barely paid attention to weather. How did I survive? My roommate was driving me to the airport and I looked over at the Rockies and there was just, I'll never forget, like the sky looked pregnant. The sky just looked like it was about to just like, like dump. And it was just like, full, you know, that, that look of just like, it feels. I mean, I know it. I'm not sure if I would, if I would equate feeling pregnant with being about to. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, just like the, no, no, I do, it I just do. looked so full, like the whole 
sky was just like ready to pop. And I was like, yeah, it's like that's the kind of mothership look. Where totally. Like, Independence Day. Like totally mothership look. In. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is crazy. But I was like flying out right before it hit. So I flew out and then this huge snowstorm hit. Meanwhile, I'm in Texas. It's like super sunny. So I flew out right before the storm hit. My roommates are all texting me about what a nightmare it is. They're like sending me photos of like snow walls taller than them. Everybody being stuck. Everyone just like sitting there in apartments getting drunk. Like it was just, it was crazy. I think that was the same storm because I think I was in ninth grade. So that was that, those ages would check. If you okay. were like 24, 25, I was yeah. like 14, 15. Yeah, it was, it was. It was a big deal, but I just felt so bad because when I flew home, I barely, like, I also missed the tail end of when everyone got stuck at the airport. So by the time my flight got in, it was all clear. I mean, it was still tons of snow, but they had cleared out the snow enough for me to land. And I just remember, like, breezing through the airport. I got so freaking lucky. There were cots everywhere where people were sleeping, people were stuck, luggage was everywhere and I'm just like walking out to like just no issue whatsoever and then my roommate again picked me up somehow got me home I have no idea how like the roads were clear enough but I just still think about that where I'm like I was such a lucky SOB to fly out right before it hit and just like seeing the Armageddon sky (laughs) yeah I've definitely been like the first flight that got into the airport after a long weather closure before and you walk in and there's just like people lay like it's just like a tornado shelter feels like like there's it's like a natural disaster yeah, shelter totally like everyone is just wall to wall with like these little blankets exactly i always feel so bad so anyway this is not that type of storm we're just being we're just complaining but <laughs> um all that to say march can still be snowy but that doesn't mean that we aren't annoyed by it so We asked for some topics from folks today about what we should talk about. The first thing I want to talk about, Joy, is your change of heart about the Taylor Swift situation. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I have been, you know, I think last to last week we talked about how I was like, F these ticket prices. The first show had just come out, you know, so we were kind of starting to see all the fun videos and costumes and articles. I have been thinking more about it, but I was like not really – changing my mind. But one night I started scrolling mindlessly as we do on my phone in like the search suggested videos. And 90% of my feed on the search is Taylor Swift because duh. So it's all Taylor Swift videos from the concert. And then it's like, and then I, (laughs) I forgot I did this. I also watched the reputation tour on Netflix because it just like popped up as a suggestion. I'm like, the the universe is really pushing me. So I watched the reputation it's not the universe, tour. It's the algorithm. It really is the algorithm. It's no longer manifesting. It's just like Yeah, you're the not bots. manifesting. This is targeted marketing. The bots this is how they get you because you're yeah. like, it's a sign from my angels. They're telling me to do this. Yeah. Like, no, and I'm like, you're just Yeah. You're you're telling the algorithm what to show you. And I'm talking about it all the time. And the bots are listening right now. Anyway, so I'm scrolling, 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 and I'm like, oh my gosh. And so the next day I go on Ticketmaster and StubHub and I'm like still scouring tickets and I'm like looking at prices and seeing what the trends are again. And I'm like, I just, I'm having a change of heart. I can't believe that I'm, I will eat my words and I will say I, at this point, I have now swung the other direction where I'm like, I think I'm going to dip into my savings and I'm just going to actually pay $1,000 to sit front row. That's where I'm at now. Yeah, you've gone, you've done a total 180. I won't sit nosebleed. Might as well 
just dip into some savings. And then you texted me. You're like, honestly, I know you. Like your FOMO would be like forever for the rest of your life. You would have FOMO about this. Yeah. So I texted all my girlfriends that we're supposed to go to Newport with. And I was like, FYI, I'm looking to get a ticket to Taylor Swift. Uh, It's on the 15th. It's like the day, like in the middle of our trip. So I'm like, I'm probably gonna have to fly home early, which is fine. It's like, I'll still see them for a couple days. But I, I am now on the train of like, I'm just gonna spend easily. Well, actually, I was looking at Texas. Just not. I'm not gonna fly there, but I was looking at what their what their tickets are going for this weekend. You can get a standing room only ticket for three hundred dollars. I will easily stand for three hours. I will. I'll do some squats. I'll do some jumping jacks if my legs get stiff. Like I'll be bouncing around anyway. And I don't really like to be in a seat anyway with people around me. I get kind of claustrophobic. So I might as well just be like in a standing room. So I was like, ooh, if they do that for Denver, I know every venue is different. But I was like, I would if I was in Texas, I would grab that in a heartbeat. $300 just standing room only. I kind of hate a standing room because like people are in your space. Nah, I I do that for Pearl Jam because Scott takes us to like we're in the standing room section. Yeah, but you had a panic attack one time during that situation in Pearl Jam. That's what I remember. You know what, though? That was... (laughs) That was Chicago when they had a okay. lightning storm. That was different. That was different. Just to, just to recap in two seconds. That was a Pearl Jam concert at Wrigley Field. In the summertime, there was a freaking lightning storm. I was doing the math in my head that the trains stop at 1 a.m. And then I would be stuck there all night because right, I was you like... You psyched yourself out. I psyched myself out because Scott... And so we were like in the breezeways, everyone had to get pulled out because they had to do a pause on the show. That was a totally different scenario where I was like, I am going to be stuck here till 4am, 5am. I'm not going to get any sleep. I'm going to be grouchy as I'll get out. And I'm going to have to be just standing waiting for a cab for five hours because the trains have since stopped. So that was a totally different scenario where I completely just ditched Scott. And I was like, I can't do this. And I got on the I'm so I have I still remember how satisfying it was to get back to the hotel and take a shower. I was just like so sweaty and dirty. And like, I just wanted to take a shower strategy and go home and like go to bed. Yeah. But we we got in quite a fight about that because Scott was like, it's Wrigley Field. First of all, Wrigley Field, like he's Chicago through and through and Pearl Jam. So he to this day and he's and he gets mad at me because of five years ago, six years ago, he was out of town, gave me his Pearl Jam Denver tickets. And I went with a girlfriend. This is yeah, this is this the last time I had short hair. So it had to be six or seven years ago. I left early. <laughs> Because I was just over it. I was like, I probably left like bef- even before the encore. And he was like, I'm never letting you live that down. They played like one of their best songs that they've never played before. And you weren't there for that. And I was like, but I don't like, I don't know. Right, you, like, it I don't know registered that. for you. I don't know what I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, all that to say is standing room only. If you're in Texas this weekend, one of the shows in Texas, I know she's doing a few of them, but 300 bucks, I would do it. That's that's a no-brainer. When is the Denver one? July 14th and 15th. Oh, wow. So it's still, you got a while. Yeah, I'm looking at the 15th because my trip's that week. And so I would fly home a day early. But I do have a while. And I would easily still just fly home with the chance of like not even buy a ticket to the last minute. Guys, we live not even 10 minutes from the venue. So we're really close. It wouldn't take a lot for me to just like pop over. Right. You know, so. You could get like we'll same see. day tickets almost maybe. Yeah. And I would, I'm even like, I'm fine going alone if Scott's like, yeah, I'm not going to pay a grand for that. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I will be so happy. Scott can just drop me off. Don't have to worry about the shit show parking over there. (laughs) 
Anyway, I, I've completely flipped my story after seeing all the videos and someone wrote and was like, it's like a pop culture, you'll never forget this event type of thing. It's like a something that's in the zeitgeist of the world, like you, right. you want to be a part yeah. of it. And also, someone also wrote and said, Molly said going to concerts alone is honestly so fun. I I'm... I am a lone ranger. I am fine with that. I can, I don't have to like, when Scott and I are go to events together, I always feel bad because I have to pee like 20 times in an hour. So I was like, I gotta pee again. Like, I don't want to explain my behaviors to anybody. I just want to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> someone also, also wrote and said, being in a venue, because they went to the Arizona, the Glendale one, and they're like, being in a venue with all those people so excited, living their best life. So excited is like the coolest feeling. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. Like that would even, be really fun. Yeah. I mean, I remember that feeling even like we always refer to this, like even at like the CrossFit games where you go and you'd be like, oh, all these people are like, we're excited about the same thing. And you're like, you've, you're all dressed up and you have all your stuff on and it's like a big collective. Like I feel like going to the Taylor Swift concert at this point would almost feel like a giant prom. Like it would have like that same energy. I mean, I was in the Busy Phillips. I'm in the Busy Phillips is doing her best Facebook group. They, it's just such a cool, it's kind of like our community. I've just, these girls are so cool. And so they started this thread about what they want to wear to the concert. And this one girl was, I mean, they were passing around all these ideas. And this one girl was like, oh, that's perfect. This is exactly what I want to wear. She's like, concert tee and sequin shorts. <laughs> and I was like, done. So that's, I mean, it's going to be ju- July. It's going to be really hot out. Oh, it's going to be so hot. Is, yeah. is it at uh, um, the Bronco Stadium or is it at? Yeah, it's going to be my high oh. empower yeah. field. So it's going to be yeah. outdoors. So it's going to so be outdoors and hot. And hot. Yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing about standing room. I'm like, I don't want to, first of all, I'm going to be standing the whole time dancing anyway. So if they have like a floor seat. Oh my gosh. A floor seat would, I feel like is the, yeah, it would be so fun. I can't think of where you would have like a standing room at the, what is uh, yeah, it called like, now? Well, Empower? it's Empower Field, no, it's yeah. Empower. Is it Empower? Mile High Empower Stadium, Empower Field, yeah. And I'm so, Mile High. I know. <laughs> the standing would suck at some points, but I also like butt sweat, you know, when you sit in the, in, when, in the yeah. heat, that's the worst. And you're and, sticky, yeah. Yeah, just all of that. So it's very much like a plan your outfit, plan your strategy, yep. plan your hydration stations. But yeah, I have, I have eaten my words. It only took me a week. To completely change my mind. And now I am dipping into savings. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Maybe I'll get lucky. Maybe we'll get lucky. And I've seen like yep. prices drop last minute too. So it's just kind of a waiting game. But I am, I'm all in. I told Joy that she could hold up a sign that says, I delayed retirement for this. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like every like, half school I'm there sure would be like, a same. lot of people have. I mean. Hold on to my 401k for this. God. You know what? It's a moment. It's a moment. Yes. I also am a little curious if by the time like July rolls around, are you going to feel less FOMO because like it will be three months from now and you'll have seen all the stuff on, are you just going to get more excited? No, so I think gonna I'm going to get more excited. Like, you buy a ticket now and then try to like change it out closer with a better one or you're just going to wait? Oh it no, out? I'm just going to wait it out. Yeah, I'm totally waiting I know it some out. people I'm- like got some like tickets that are kind of crappy in the hopes that they can get a better ticket closer and then sell the ticket that they have. Mm-mm. Which also, I mean, if you are like ride or die, you're going, that might not be a terrible yeah. Um, technique. But yeah. If I've anyway. learned anything too from Scott Parrish, it's like, just wait it out. And, yeah, and you just patient. keep, you have to just keep looking. You look every day, multiple times a day. I mean, that's how we get the great tickets is Scott's like constantly, constantly checking and multiple apps. I do know someone wrote in and said like, I guess there's some Facebook groups that are 
selling Taylor Swift tickets. I'm not going to buy off of Facebook. Like I'm not, I'm not pay- I mean, great if you can kind of like find some way that it's trustworthy, but I don't, I'm only going to go off of like the, because, and I get it too, that they're like trying to avoid all the like transaction fees or whatever, but there's a little bit of insurance that I Right. There's need. like worth it to have the transaction <laughs> it's fees. It's worth it to have the transaction fees where I have some yeah. insurance that it's legit, but for everyone out there who's like kind of going through it, I, yeah, I think it's just going to amp me up. And also like, it's every, I think every show she's probably going to bring someone different on, which is normally what she does. She is changing up some of the set list and like the songs that she's singing. But really, it's just kind of like the production. So it's very similar to like all the Broadway shows that I've loved and adored over my lifetime. The being there and seeing it and feeling that energy and just even seeing a production is like super fun. So. All right. Well, keep us posted, obviously. Yeah. We'll have I, oh, to tell you, tell yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to change my mind again. Like after no, I, was I like, agree with you. I was like, Joy, what are you doing? Like all I, even yesterday I was driving to go meet a friend and I'm like looking at my playlist. I'm like, all I listen to is Taylor Swift. Yeah. And even Scott's like, Joy, True. that's all you listen to. Like, what do you, why wouldn't you go? <laughs> <sighs> well, if you get really cheap tickets, I'll go with you. <laughs> okay. Hey, you never know. It would be fun. Okay. So we have a couple questions from our Instagram folks, people in the chat, if you have questions, please go ahead and throw them in. We're going to start with an easy one. You ready? This is from Megan. Hi, Megan. What's your favorite board game? Clue. Oh, good one. I love Settlers of Catan. Catan? Catan? That's probably my favorite board game. It's like it's like a pretty, I feel like that's a pretty basic answer. But we also, this isn't really a board game. It's really a card game. I still think it counts. We got the the like family friendly cards against humanity. Oh, cute. Okay. And it's it's just like fart humor, basically, instead of God, like raunchy. Love- it's like I actually think that it I would almost rather play that version if I was gonna like take it to somewhere that I didn't know the people super well. I didn't want to like be yeah. raunchy. Right. It's still really funny. It's like you don't feel like it's for kids. It's just like a different type of humor. It's more just like poop and fart humor than it is. I would like, totally prefer that. Yeah. You know so me. If you I'm have like, ever I don't want to do totally. sex humor. <laughs> I don't want to have to read this like, yeah, out loud. <laughs> so if you are somebody who kind of feels like Cards Against Humanity is like maybe a little bit too raunchy, the family edition is still so funny. Yeah. We played it over spring break and it is so good. Oh, so highly so recommend. Fart jokes. Really I posted fart jokes. this. I Who doesn't post- love fart jokes? Oh my gosh, you guys. If you don't listen to Armchair Expert, Dax and Monica do Armchair Anonymous every Friday where they had, they started this probably like a year ago where they have people call in, they do a request for stories of like embarrassing moments. And they did one last week around your most embarrassing fart. And I, when I tell you I was laughing so hard, I was on a walk with the dogs and I had to stop the episode because I was laughing, like doubling over laughing so hard, ab workout level of laughter. And uh, if you just need a good like, comic relief please listen to that episode and i'm and then where i and then in my mind i'm like farts will always be funny they will always be funny (laughs) and one of the best lines that dag says from that episode he's like you know like a sneeze you know what's coming you know most of the things in your life with your body does is predictable (laughs) he's like you never know what's gonna happen when you (laughs) you never know (laughs) it's so i'm like that's so true <laughs> very, very, very true. I love him so much. I love They're him so, so good. Much. It's so true. Oh. I feel like farts are never not funny. The, the other thing I was talk- thinking about the other day, I was having a conversation with somebody about like kids throwing up in the car, and I was like, and everybody always wants to share their like worst puke story. Like everyone has a puke story when totally. it comes up, and everyone has a. It's so good. Oh my gosh, that's very true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
This one's a little bit more deep. Lessons you've had to unlearn as an adult. Caring about what other people think about you. That's always, I think that's the evolution that happens over time. But I really like when that started to kind of take shape for me was caring so much about what people thought, getting approval, and then unlearning that and being like, I don't care what people think. And then the second one I would say is forgiveness, like forgive and forget. That's been on my mind a lot lately because as I've said before and talked about over the past couple of years, I thought for a while the stuff that happened with my previous job, I thought that I would have to like forget about it and forgive. And I came to this realization that I was like, I don't need to forgive. And I will always be pissed off at those people. And that's okay. Because it's not hindering my life in any way. In a way, I'm owning that feeling. I'm owning that anger. It doesn't hold me down. I don't feel like I'm living in the past. It's productive for me because... I'm pissed off and I will always be pissed off, but I don't live in that pissed off. And Busy Phillips and Cassie had this conversation recently too, where it's like kind of like grieving process or hard things that you go through. You you have to move forward because that's just how life is, but you don't ever really get over it. And that's something that I've been really thinking about a lot lately. That's a good one. I feel like a lot of people would answer some variation of like, stop worrying what other people think. For me, I think it is related to that and like comparing myself to other people and also learning to, I think it's a, is this a Hillary Clinton quote that's like, learn to take things seriously, mm. but not personally? Yeah, seriously, but That's not something that I like really say a lot. I like love that quote. I really think about it a lot that like you can be serious about what you're doing, particularly at work or parenting or in your relationships. You can really be like, be earnestly working on something without it being personal, without it like impacting the way that you really feel about yourself at your core. And I think I've learned to do that over the years. I think I also, I don't talk about this very often on the podcast, but I grew up with like a pretty difficult home life in when I was in high, middle school and high school. My stepmom was really difficult to get along with. She was, I, you know, I don't like to like diag- diagnose people without really knowing what their diagnoses are, but had a lot of symptoms that now we would say are like very narcissistic and kind of like borderline personality made it really hard to have like a stable home, emotionally stable home life. And so I think I've also unlearned, had to work really hard at unlearning, like managing other people's emotions on their behalf of like coming into a situation and like, like okay, absorbing what, it. yeah, absorbing it or like shifting what I'm doing to make sure that like other people aren't going to react. Totally. Yeah. Navigating. Yeah. Yeah. Having to own like, okay, I can show up here however I need to. And it's like not on me how people react and like finding that middle ground of like being responsible for my contributions to a situation without feeling like someone else's reactions are completely my fault. Right. realizing like where that line is drawn. And I think it's different in every situation. I think that's something we even talk about, about like being on social media, but that's a huge thing I've had to work on as an adult is like not feeling, not feeling responsible for controlling a situation by like controlling other people's emotions. Right. And, or even, yeah, like adjusting, um, kind of sometimes walking on, uh, eggshells or kind of like tiptoeing so that you don't provoke someone else. And that's, that's really common in households and people who kind of like live in more chaotic upbringings is like the eggshell walking and the tiptoeing is like, it takes a toll on you. It's really exhausting. I do have one more if you're not like after you're done. Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. Uh, I think you would probably relate to this too is like 
that relationships are not perfect. I went into kind of just like dating and or even like dating Scott and then going into marriage, comparing a lot. And I was really ashamed when I was struggling. Couldn't really figure that out. A lot of it was like youth and like a lot of my friends at the time were also like newly married. So I did a lot of comparison around like their marriages, but also just learning and growing that your relationship is exactly how it needs to be as long as you and your partner are on a team together, like that is what matters. And I've, I've had to unlearn a lot of like those maybe old school ways of thinking of around, around relationships and how it looks or how it should feel all the time or the rules of like what a healthy relationship is and like that it's so individual and also normalizing difficulties in a relationship. And so I'm really glad that I've kind of, I continue to work on that, but that's yeah, I, I think that goes along with like comparing yourself, like comparing your relationships. And I think something that I feel like you and I have sort of learned together over the past 10 years is like, what is what amount of friction is actually normal in a relationship that like normalizing, you know, that's kind of why we talk about like marriage hacks sometimes, like talk about like the little frustrations we have with our partners that like normalizing that most long-term relationships and even long-term friendships are going to ebb and flow. You're going to have scuffles. You're going to have longer term things that feel like they know you every day that like you're never, and that doesn't mean that you're failing or you're doomed or you're, you know, you chose the wrong person. It's just all part of sharing your life with another human very closely. Yeah. I feel like that's something we talk a lot about sort of like personally between the, you know, like not on, uh, not on the air. (laughs) Right. Yeah, for sure. Okay. That was a great question. So yeah, before our next question, we will take a quick break and talk about our favorite sponsor, Ned. Ned Break. The makers are our favorite CBD products. We love these products. We love Ned. We love the founders. They are celebrating their fifth anniversary, which is crazy. So exciting. We have really loved Ned since the beginning, and they have been a supporter of our podcast pretty much since the beginning as well. They are just the most wonderful, genuine people. They're so intentional about all of their products. We really, really believe in this brand, and we would really love for you guys to support them. Our favorite products are the Daily Blend. I use the Daily Blend 750 milligram every single night before I go to bed. And Joy uses the Sleep Blend every single night before she goes to bed. We also both love the Mellow Magnesium Drink. If you need a little bit of extra help kind of like down-regulating at the end of the night, it's really perfect. And I really can't say enough good things about their chapstick. It's the best, especially during winters that will not end. So please go check out Ned. You can go to helloned.com. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash joy or use discount code joy, J-O-Y, for 15% off your order. Thank you so much for supporting the brands that support our podcast. You guys are the best. Thank you. All right, a few more questions. We had a couple puppy questions. Should we take Mm, some? Should we go to puppy brain for a sec? Let's go puppy brain. Okay, so here's – I'm going to combine two. Mm -hmm. One of them is – how to how to like introduce a puppy to an existing dog in the house and then another puppy question is how to deal with the nipping <laughs> and i want to i like when i remember when river was really nipping you were like you just gotta wait it out like it's gonna there's nothing you can do <laughs> there's nothing you can do that one's easy it's like you're, you're gonna get a puppy you're gonna get bit which uh, scott and i always have this like joke in our house whenever we have puppy we're like you put your hand in front of a puppy it's gonna get bit <laughs> I think the biggest thing too that like you talked me off the ledge of was like this is not like a behavior that you need to correct all the time. This is this is developmental. Totally, they're teething. It's they're not going to turn into like a nippy dog just because you're not correcting no. them as a nippy puppy. No, and that's one of the things I would say is when you have a puppy, a lot of people worry that they're going to like encourage bad behaviors. I'm like, no, 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 no. This puppy will grow out of it. 
you have to sort out what is just developmental and that they're going to mature out of versus what's a behavior problem. And sure, there's like little things that you can do to kind of teach them, but you just never want to like worry too much as they're going through puppy stage. I just, you constantly have to tell yourself, this is puppy brain. This is puppy brain. The behaviors, you obviously want to kind of shape them here and there when you're training, but you never want to scold them. Like puppies are going to puppy. And especially with the bitey stuff, I'd say the best thing to do is to always have a toy on your, like if you can nearby, that when they start coming at you, 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 put the toy in front of their face instead so it doesn't get your hand. Is that always realistic? No, but that won't last forever. I promise they grow out of it. They start biting other things. Um, teething toys are helpful. Like we had this um, freezer bone. It's like a tiny, make sure you get some, maybe make sure you get the puppy stuff. You, they don't break their teeth, but it's like a puppy chewy bone that we put in the freezer and then we take it out every once in a while and they chew on that because it feels good on their gums. But like other and than actually, that. actually, sorry, we have a, a list in our Amazon store where Joy has listed a couple puppy things that she loves. And maybe you can add that or mm-hmm. a similar, like some puppy chew toys in there that you sure. would recommend. So in our link in our bio, in our Instagram bio, you can go to our Amazon Amazon store and there's like Joy's picks, which is just like products that she likes. Claire's picks, which is products that I like. And then puppy stuff. And so we have like a lick mat, a couple other things in there, but we can add some more puppy toy ideas. Yeah. And then as far as introducing another dog, you know, so like JT, it depends kind of on your dog's personality, but a great piece of advice that I take from Canaan Companions is you want to make the puppies world very, very small. Continue to make it a little bit bigger as they get older and you can, tr- I don't want to say trust them because you can't fully trust a puppy for a while, but like that you can, that you know that they can handle it and also that it sets up your household for success. So the older dog, the established dog in your house needs to have like the dominance. So like understanding that this puppy is not going to just go in and take over the household. So if if you're introducing them, most of the time, people will have different opinions about this. And I'm certainly not like a certified dog trainer. But I would say if you if you have concerns, try to introduce the dogs like outside, like in a neutral zone where it's not like in the house. Like if that's a problem, I would kind of research ways to introduce dogs on neutral territory. But if it's just mostly like you have a dog in the house, I would say make sure that the puppy has like a playpen, we use an X-Pen um, or a crate or both or a mixture of both where the puppy is kind of quarantined off into their own area that the, the, the older dog, like for instance, JT has a break. So the puppy's not constantly up in their business. And so that's something that I would say is like, it does take time if your dog is a little more established in like a territorial type of personality. JT just doesn't care. He mostly like we needed to be the ones that were watching him because he would just let Joe do whatever to where we had to like put Joe in his playpen and his X-Pen and then you give him like some chew toys and he's fine. But it, it does take time if like I said, depending on the dog's personality, there should never be aggression. Um, so you want to watch for that and maybe consult a dog trainer if you have any aggression, but just be patient and really watch your dog's behavior because they will tell you. They'll tell you when they're uncomfortable. They'll tell you if they're angry. They'll tell you if they're bothered by it. But it does take time if it's like you've had one dog for a really long time and that dog might be like really attached to you, but eventually they get used to it. Like I cried the first day we yeah. brought Cadet home because I was, we were a one dog household and it was more, you also want to pay attention to like, what's your stuff versus does the dog really care? Because when we brought, <laughs> when we brought Cadet home, I, I remember freaking out. Like the day we brought her home, I freaked out and I started crying and I was like, I told Scott, I was like, do you even want to do this? Oh my gosh, like JT. Like I just, I was emotional because we were a one dog household. I was worried we were messing up JT's world. 
And JT was fine. He didn't really care. He was like excited to have a play person. And like, and it was also just the nerves of being a new puppy raiser. So you have to kind of sort out your feelings versus the dog's feelings too. Okay. Are you ready for another quick pop culture moment? Oh, let's try it. All right. Give us your thoughts on the new Love is Blind. (laughs) Okay. There's only like five episodes out right now. And I think the rest come out like end of March. But uh, they are really popping out these Love is Blind seasons. And I think they're smart to do it because we just eat it right on up. But everyone who's a Love is Blind fan, there is a new season. Great new cast. Uh, I will say, (laughs) first and foremost... There are two guys on the show who like end up singing an entire, oh my gosh, it was so bad. One guy was like, let's make up a song together, like through the walls. And he just like strumming on the guitar and the girl's like, no, 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 no. Oh yeah, yeah, Claire, it's, you would, you would hate it. You would hate it. He starts strumming on his his guitar and he's like, we're going to make up a song together. She is like, she is like full on like nearly orgasmic over this where I'm sitting there going "Ah, (laughs) like not only like her reactions like making me like squirm making it so much worse so much worse because she's like oh my gosh she's like writhing she's writhing she's totally writhing she's like I can't believe this and (laughs) and so then he starts singing a song do they put like fumes in those rooms or something like what's going on I don't know. Are they like, I don't putting know. gas like, in there for them? I don't think just, oh. so. I mean, maybe some alcohol. I'd be curious, like, how much they let them drink. They don't seem drunk. But anyway, one guy starts making up a song. I'm not even going to try to sing it. It's so cringy. And then they, like, they totally sing a song together. Like, they make up a song together. It's And, like, mm, bless his sweetheart. Like, he doesn't have a good voice. But he thinks he has a good voice. You know those people that are, like, they think they have a good voice in there? So that was cringy. And then this other guy who's like really creepy and you don't really realize he's a creep until after they meet. He sings this song that he like made up about this girl and she's like eating it up the second they meet. Like, okay, spoilers, turn it off. Skip 20 seconds. When they meet, it's very clear she doesn't like like him. She's like, oh, I made a mistake. And so it's it's very entertaining. I'll be curious. Like the drama does not disappoint. There's a lot of really good couples. And then what I really appreciate about this season, which I've kind of really been wanting for past seasons, is they're starting to show other, I guess there have been a little bit on other seasons, but I really want people to start like partner swapping because it's kind of funny when they're like, oh, actually, I like this person instead of this person now that I met them in person. So there's a little bit of that going on that I'm like, I really hope they dig into that because that is like, that's the drama that we need. Because then it's like, oh. love is not blind. <laughs> love is not blind. Are the spoilers over? Mira is want to come back in. Yes. Spoilers are over. <laughs> if you're listening, you can stop skipping. Yeah. No, love is not blind. I don't think it is. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Can you imagine? Like, what was that? Ugh. And at what point were the producers like, yes, take your guitar. Great idea. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know that they're like laughing. I would love to be the producers where they're like, oh, my gosh, this is so bad. Let them do it. Let them do it. You know, like, so, so good. Yeah. And then there's just like, there's like, this is not a spoiler. Like, there's just like some really cute couples that you kind of like are rooting for, too, as always. Like, that's always going to happen. But I think I just really appreciate the the cast so far. I'm like looking forward to it. So does it all come um, out in a, in a whole season or is it like episode They by do episode? it in chunks. So the first, okay. I don't know, 
like I said, four or five episodes just came out. And then I think there's another five they'll release on end of March. And that that's actually this week. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, before I forget, before I forget, somebody sent this to us. And I am so grateful. Speaking of the hills that I talked about last week, someone wrote in and was like, they saw a meme somewhere or a tweet somewhere that said, I was watching the hills and I wanted to know what happened to Emily from the hills. She founded Glossier, the business, the makeup company. Oh, like the make. Wow. And I was her. like, Emily, everybody knew that Emily was going to be a success. Turns out she goes at the ripe old age of 33 or like 34. She founded freaking Glossier. So that's a fun fact. I was very excited about that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. um, What is your favorite Easter candy? Peanut butter cups. Any type of peanut butter. I love peanut butter cups. I love peanut butter cups. I am obsessed with Cadbury mini eggs. This is very specific to Easter. You posted about about them. I did. I we, we take we took them skiing. So here's my thing. I love dark chocolate. I will always pick dark chocolate. So I bought the. I found dark chocolate mini eggs and was like, these are going to be amazing. They're not as amazing. The I mean, they're fine, but the milk chocolate ones are better, and I don't know why. Really? Because I'm not a I milk chocolate it, fan. I'm not either. Yeah. But the milk chocolate mini eggs are so much better, and I think I wonder if it's because the dark chocolate is like a little bit too sweet because it's like in a candy. Sure. And so it doesn't really come across dark. It just comes across as not as chocolatey. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So Can I if share you've been on the fence, if you've been like, oh my gosh. But. On the fence about Cadbury mini eggs. Yeah, mini chocolate. eggs. They're not filled with cream. It's basically like a giant M&M. Yes. Do you for like the chocolate to like with cream? I never got into No, those. I can't do the cream. I can't either. I don't like that texture. It feels no, like a zit is popping in my mouth. Oh! oh. <laughs> Sorry to anyone who I just ruined Cadbury cream uh, eggs for. <laughs> I think of another thing that I'm not going to say on here. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. That mine is the PG version of their thing. Ah! I'm Ooh. blushing. Okay. So, a fun little... Oh, going to this next story feels really inappropriate for what I just said. <laughs> I'm going to take a beat. Okay, so when I was skiing growing up, I always like my whenever we went on the ski lifts, I think I've told this story before, but I have to tell it again because I wanted this like I want this like memorialized on a podcast somewhere for when like my dad passes away, like, you know, hopefully that's like 500 years from now. When we go on the ski lifts, my dad was was always known to have a snack in his pocket, like he'd always have snacks. Did we talk about this? Because like you have one or Brand, you have the snacks because Brand, Brandon's love language is surprise snacks, right? Yeah. So um, anytime we'd go on the ski lifts, all like my dad would do this thing where he'd put his hands in his pocket and you would hear this like rustling of a candy wrapper. And we'd all be like, ah! we like, get so excited because we knew candy was about to come out of his pocket. And it's so funny. Like that's like one of those core memories where I'm like, oh, my dad, it was either like a Snickers bar. It was like, and my dad is still like that person. He always like has snacks handy, but it just cracks me up with like speaking of like Cadbury oh, yeah. it's on the ski lift. I'm like, that was a good we, core memory. That's so great. I love that. I also love when dads like kind of try to be sneaky, like like play it up. Like they really kind of, yes. Brandon's dad is notorious for that. Oh like in a gosh. cute gosh. My dad is still so funny. Like he still pulls funny pranks like that. that. Yeah. Like the other, like this summer, you probably saw this photo, but I don't know if I posted this on social, but my dad is so funny. Like he... So my friends from Arizona came out, we went to Westcliff and we were like taking pictures the last day that we were there, that we were there, we were on like their front deck. And so I I set up the camera to do a self timer. So we were all like, you know, everybody's in the picture and we all kind of jump in, take the picture, everybody looks at it. And my dad is standing in the back with this huge wig with like sunglasses. (laughs) 
And I have no idea where he got the wig so fast, but all of a sudden there's like this big like like monster looking guy in the back and we started laughing and like, so much. Let's set the stage here because your dad is like six and a half feet tall. Yeah, he's very tall. So tall. That's so funny. That's so cute. That's such like a dad That's move. such a dad. I love I want to hear some dad stories. You know, Father's Day is a few months away. Let's start getting to some funny dad stories. Yeah, tell us your cute dad, like your dad core memories that are oh, sweet. Your so sweet good. dad core memories. So good. Um, yeah, we when we were at spring break. So on Steamboat, they have the gondola, like the they have two. Now they have two gondolas. They have like the kids, like the ski school gondola, and then the main gondola. And all the time, we just get on the gondola at the bottom and ride it all the way up and all the way back down. We'll do just like a full lap. Yeah, and we just call it snack laps. Oh, that's. I don't so think you're technically snack. supposed to eat in the gondola, which I now understand why because we just trashed it like full of goldfish crackers every time. So sorry about that, lifties. We would just get in there, like everybody takes off all their stuff. And then, and like up and back down is a good almost probably 10, 15 minutes. So you have like a nice little break, pull out all your snacks, mini eggs, goldfish crackers, applesauce pouches, like turkey sandwiches. The key to skiing with kids is to never be without a snack. You're right. Yeah. You never know when you're going to need a little bump. Starburst are a good one because you can like individually wrap. Yeah. Very important. Very okay, important. let's do like two more questions. Oh, you're going to like this question. I'm going to paraphrase this question. What is your favorite 90s, early 2000s rom-com? Oh, well, I love Legally Blonde. All I can think of is like how much I, I would say that's, that's more the aughts because I watched that a lot when I was in grad school. That movie was very therapeutic to me yeah, when I was in grad school. So was that, it? that counts. Yeah. Okay, okay. Legally Blonde, really loved any of the J-Lo movies. Uh, like Made in Manhattan was one of my favorites. 27 Dresses. What was the one we were talking about recently? The one that Julia Roberts was in? Um, Steel Magnolias? No, well, not, well, that was, I think, more of the 80s. That, that was like late 80s, 80s, early 90s, maybe, yeah. My Best Friend's Wedding was like, oh, I love so that movie. I love Serendipity. I love Serendipity. That's like one of my favorite movies with John Cusack. I love Runaway Bride, I never saw. That's really bad. Um, I probably need to watch Runaway Bride, but I love that. Yeah. I'm like, I've probably seen every single rom-com out there. I know. I you, love, love, you love a rom-com. I love a rom-com. I think mine had to be How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I loved that movie. That is a great one. That's definitely one I will watch. Yes. Um, I also got, I, loved, let's see, when did this movie come out? Oh, 2004, that counts. 13 going on 30. Romeo and Michelle. Oh, Romeo and Michelle. I just really Googled. Good. Practical yeah. magic. Practical magic. Is oh, great. you do love practical magic. That's a great one. Clueless <laughs> reality bites. Okay. All forever and ever. Forever and ever. Amen. I will say my favorite movie is reality bites. Your favorite movie forever. ever. Ever. Wow. Is reality bites. Like, because you have to, there's a lot of factors. There's a nostalgia yeah. factor. There's a time in my life factor. There's a soundtrack factor. There's a lot of things. So, so maybe you wouldn't rate it as a quality 100% movie, but like obsessed with Winona Ryder. Autobiographically. Obsessed you. with Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Yes. I mean, all the main characters were like just exactly me in high school like I wanted to be every single one of I wanted to wrap all four of them up in a ball and become those four people I freaking loved (laughs) and then the U2 song when like Winona and Ethan get together was like so hot and like when you're a junior in high school you're like oh my gosh that's what I want like (laughs) Um, let's see anybody 
in the chat. Runaway Bride, Best Friends Wedding, Notting Hill. P.S. I love you. A lot like love. All really good ones. I mean, they're such, they are so comforting. Cause I think also like now those, that time period, you think back to like, oh, I was like going through a breakup where I was like with my friends. Like there are so many core memories of those cause they were so big at the yeah. time. Empire Records was huge, too, because Liv mm-hmm. Tyler was, like, a big deal oh, in the yeah. 90s. And, like, oh, that soundtrack was awesome as well. <laughs> <sighs> so good. All right, last one. This one's really quick, so I'm just going to answer it. What are my thoughts on LASIK? What I recommend? It's been about a year since I got LASIK. 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10, 20 out of 20, even. I would recommend it. 2020? Did <laughs> <laughs> you see what I did there? The only thing that I'm, I think, like, I could imagine myself going back in – for a revision at some point because one of my eyes is like a little bit less than my other eye, but my left eye is still 20-20 and my right eye is better than 20-20. So like they're both fine and together they're fine. But when I close my right eye, it like feels a little worse. And I have, I do have some light globing, like which happens when you, it's a known issue with LASIK where in the dark, if I'm looking at a street light, it has like some globing around it. Oh, interesting. And it's okay. Not a big issue, except that it makes it hard to look at stars. Because <gasps> oh, yeah. they're not like crisp. So I am yeah. wondering if there's but like, does everything like it's look not like, like a, a reading ball? glasses that's gonna fix it. <laughs> oh, it's it looks like like if you don't like if you have like a little gunk in your eye and it's just like a little bit like yeah, globing. Not like it's not shimmery like a disco ball. It's just not crisp. So that's annoying. Um yeah, an aura. A little bit of an aura around it. Yeah. So if you have any tips for that? I know there's like some really expensive glasses you can get if it's really bad. Mine isn't like I can drive at night. It's not distracting. It's really I just notice it when I'm trying to look at stars. And that's a bummer. A lot of these questions are a little bit longer. There's a lot of parenting questions, which I always love to get to. But they're a little bit, you know, I want to give like a long kind of nuanced yeah, answer. We'll save them for next time. I will say the answer to a lot of parenting questions in my opinion, is like this too shall pass, especially when it comes to sleep problems. There's a couple questions in here about like how to deal with sleep transitions. It sucks so much. And like this too shall pass. I'll get more into that in a later. But for one more quick question, what are your thoughts on being friends with coworkers outside of work? Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> I have a very strong opinion about this and I'll try to keep it brief. Maybe this can be like a down the road combo, but I don't believe in being friends with people outside of work. I think I say this all the time. I actually counsel a lot of people on this. A lot of my clients have issues with coworkers and I'm like, here's what I think. Here's what we should do. Or here's how I explain it is if you think of family dynamics, like your dynamics and how you act with your family versus how you act at work, you have to act professional, but you are in fact in a family setting and it is really hard for people to navigate that. Not many people do it well. Not many people know how to do it well. And it's not to say like, you're a bad person, but it's just not many people know how to shut off professional life versus their like, because things are going to irk you. Things are going to annoy you. Things are going to like, you're going to have all these emotions that come up in your normal like family dynamics, but you're in a professional world where you have to have this like weird filter. It's the weirdest thing to me that we like, Don't talk about this more often as far as like how hard it is. But I just think it's unless you have people who have very good boundaries and know how to separate what and especially if you're a manager, do not become friends with like your direct reports because that just always turns into a dumpster fire. But I think like the the strict air on the side of more strict boundaries is always going to be better because once you go across that line, it's hard to get it back. And so 
Uh, unless you're super good at like keeping those lines very, very clear. Again, there's always exceptions. I'm not talking about the exceptions. I do have a couple people that I've like remained friends with that I used to work with, but it's like rare. So I always say just like proceed with caution. People don't know how to do boundaries very well. People don't 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 know how to like set boundaries very well because I think feelings are going to get hurt. It just it's messy. It and it turns messy. You think like out of the get go it's going to be fine. Rarely do I see it end well. Maybe that's just a pessimistic view, but I've just learned from twenty five five years in the like professional world of like. Mm-mm. I made it very clear, like, um, when I went from the DA's office to Kaiser, I was like, not being friends with anybody. And it served me very well. <laughs> I think it's hard. I want to acknowledge it's hard because making friends as an adult is very difficult. And like work is a place, it's the obvious place to make new friends. I think that for me, it's not, it very is like strongly leaning towards no, but it's not quite as black and white. I also wonder if there's a difference between industries where if you're working, I agree with you, like don't make friends with your direct reports. Don't follow them on social media. Don't let them follow you on social media. I hope it goes without saying that I pretty much believe that if you have a personal Instagram account, it should be private and you should be in control of who follows you and keep your boss and your direct reports from following you. I do feel like it's a little bit more of a gray area, but I think my instinct is If you are going to be friends with someone outside of work, don't use that time to complain about work. I think the biggest thing. The meeting outside of the meeting. Yeah. Like don't use that or even like don't talk about work, but also don't like badmouth your coworkers when you're near together. Don't like gossip about work stuff. Don't use that to kind of like indulge in workplace drama. If you're going to have an outside of work friendship, like let it truly be a separate friendship where you're doing separate activities. You know, you're actually doing things you both enjoy. You're not just using it as a separate time to talk shit about your coworkers. Even though like, I think, I don't know that there's a time and place to talk shit about your coworkers with other coworkers. I think there's a time and place to talk shit about your coworkers. Talk shit about your coworkers with people you don't work with. If something's annoying you about your coworkers or your boss, nobody's perfect. It's going to happen to everyone. We're all going to need to vent. Do it to your friends who are not related to your job because otherwise 100% that will come back around to you. I also think that there is a time and place for like finding a trusted person at work who you can maybe get a gut check on if something is like weird is happening. That to me is kind of where the gray area comes in where it's like you trust someone a little bit more than you trust your other colleagues, but maybe it's not quite to the level that you would a friendship, but you do kind of tell them some more personal stuff about you and you maybe use them if like things are going, if you're having a tough time and you need a gut check or you need advice from someone that's in the sphere that you're in that can understand the context. Um, So that's why I don't necessarily think it's completely black and white because sometimes it is really needed to have someone who you're a little bit closer to in the workplace to help you I think navigate whatever's going on, but tread very, very, very carefully. And if you are hanging out outside of work, truly let it be separate from work. All right, guys. I think that's it. That's it for now. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Happy friends. Thursday or Friday or whatever day it is when you're listening to this. Thank you, everyone in the chat. Thanks for joining us every week. You can support the podcast by supporting our sponsor, Ned. That's helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash joy or use discount code JOY, J-O-Y, for 15% off your order. You can find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can go to our website, joyandclaire.com. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. If you go to our Instagram profile, you can check out our Amazon pics. You can send us a coffee or a treat. It's super cute. And you can also use that to find our all of our different podcasts. As a reminder, there's still hundreds of episodes of Girls Gone Wild out there you can really listen to. There's dozens of episodes of On Your Marks Gets at Bake, which they did just announce a new host. We haven't even covered that. Maybe we'll get to that next week. 
to replace Matt Lucas. If you guys didn't know, he's leaving. Thank you so much for being here. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. That's a wrap for March. Bye.